Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. And if this is your first time with us, we welcome you. In fact, we have saved you a seat right up here at the front, and we'd like for you to just come right on in and join us. If you are a regular, then you know what goes on here. Faith School is where our spirit gets fed and our faith gets nourished up, and we learn how to be the God-pleasers and the overcomers that God intended for us to be. It's not something that just happens automatically. Uh, Jesus referred to uh, us being his disciples. A disciple, you could say, is a student. A disciple is a learner. Uh, he said, as newborn, Peter said, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So when we're born again, we become a, a, a new Christian. We're not mature. We're not fully developed. We're babies. And if we are fed, and I don't mean just fed uh, popular opinion and rhetoric, if we're fed anointed faith food, Word of God, our spirits will begin to develop and grow. And if we'll exercise our faith, we can develop and mature and grow. And uh, life is just so different for a mature, faith-filled Christian than one who doesn't know how to live and walk by faith. You don't have to just fumble through life oblivious to what might be going on. You don't have to suffer defeat after defeat after defeat. You don't have to live in confusion and fear. That's not God's highest and best. That's not His choice for us. He has made us more than conquerors. He's made us overcomers. He's made us victorious ones in Christ. So, uh, uh, like we said, get your Bible, get something to take notes, come on into the class. We're going to pray, release our faith for exactly what we should get today. Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity and privilege to know you, to be your children, to be your people. Only you know where everyone is today and everyone watching this and, and what, what we need and what's going on. But you are able to minister to us all uh, simultaneously and yet individually so amazingly. We ask for this miraculous ministry, for this utterance, for this anointing, for eyes and ears that can hear, for answers and direction and help for right now. And we'll give you the praise for it and be a doer of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We'll get your textbook out. Let's go to our uh, verse that we've been looking at all this week, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. It says, we, we, this applies to all of us, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. We studied on yesterday's uh, class about how that not just one thing involved here, but two. 
We saw in Romans 10, verse 8, he said it. He said it again in verse 9. He said it the third time in verse 10 about believing in the heart, with the heart, and speaking with the mouth. And he said that uh, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, that's, that's backwards to, to how many people think it works. They would think, well, salvation unto confession. You get saved and then you confess it. No, that's not how you get saved. You believe it, you say it, and that's what received the salvation. God didn't see light and said, there it is. When he said light be, you couldn't see it. You couldn't experience it. What he said brought it into being. Most people on the planet only use their words for expression and communication. They only use their words to express how they feel or communicate what they want to say to you, ask for something, whatever, communication. But not God. When God speaks, He is communicating, but He's never just communicating. When God speaks, His words create. His words change things. His words alter things for the better. We've been made in His likeness and image. We're speaking spirits like Him with a free will, different from any other creature God has made including different from angels. We are created in, in the family of God, in the likeness and image of Him. He speaks. Before anything has happened, He speaks, and His speaking brings it into being. In uh, verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith as the patriarchs, as... Uh, Peter and John and Paul, even as Jesus, the same kind of faith, the same spirit of faith as the Father. It's where we got it from. And according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. The reason I keep going over this is much of the church does not speak. I'm talking about church going people. They don't. They don't believe in this. They think it's odd. They think it's strange. They believe deep in their heart, quietly. And they don't want to, you know, intrude on your beliefs. And you don't intrude on my beliefs. And all our beliefs will be uh, nice and quiet and, and not bother each other. And <laughs> that's... That's an ineffective faith. Remember, faith without action is dead. Dead faith gets no answers to prayer, gets no bills paid, gets nobody's healed. Living faith does something. Living faith acts. Well, this is, I'm quoting from James 2. Faith without action is dead. Well, the very next chapter, chapter 3, the bulk of it talks about the tongue. Why would you talk about the tongue immediately after talking about faith without action is dead? Because the number one action of your faith 
is speaking. There are other actions that go along with it, but that's, that's number one and always, first and foremost. It's how we got born again. Greatest miracle that we'll ever believe for. I mean, being born again is bigger, greater than being healed or getting your bills paid. Healing, as great as it is, it's just repair work on an existing structure. <laughs> the new birth your spirit is recreated. Your spirit becomes a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have already believed for that. If you're a Christian, you believed for that amazing, monumental, giant miracle. Don't ever let the devil come tell you, well, you can't believe for a big miracle. You already believed for one of the biggest miracles that you will ever believe for. Any healing you'd ever believe for is a much lesser miracle by comparison. Any financial provision you'd ever believe for, you've already believed for one of the biggest things there is. Your dead, cut off from God, sin-filled, condemned spirit was recreated, not healed, recreated into a new creation that will never die, created in the likeness and image of God. You received that miracle. You believed for that miracle. How'd you do it? Two things. Hmm? You believed in your heart and you said with your mouth. Come on, everybody say it out loud. Believe in your heart, in your heart. and say it with your mouth. One more time. Say, believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Now go with me, if you would, to uh, um, Mark, the 11th chapter. Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. This is how Jesus functioned. As he walked the earth, he spoke words that he believed, and it affected miraculous things. In the earth, it affected miraculous things in, uh, concerning healing. It affected miraculous things even concerning people who were dead, who were raised from the dead. It affected what we'd call nature. Storms were stilled and stopped. He spoke to the waves on bodies of water, and they became calm. And people will say, well, yeah, okay, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. He could do that. Well, see, you're implying that he did it uh, with powers and abilities unique to him as God. So you're, you're saying or implying that he functioned as God on the earth. And the scripture says he did not. The scripture tells us, if you read Philippians and other places, he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. In fact, no miracles were done in his ministry or life until he was baptized in the river Jordan and the Holy Spirit came on him in the bodily shape and form as a dove. If he's uh, doing what he's doing as God, God doesn't need to be anointed, Right? But Jesus had to be anointed for these things to happen because 
he became like other men. He also said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. If he's doing these things as God, how can I believe I can do them? If he's doing them as God. But if he's doing them as a man, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and he would anoint you and I with the same Holy Spirit, we begin to see the glorious possibility of functioning like he functioned, operating like he did. And he taught the disciples and us, we're also his disciples, a tremendous lesson here in Mark the 11th chapter. In Mark 11, um, when they, uh, in their travel, verse 12, uh, they came from Bethany. He was hungry. He saw a fig tree afar off having leaves. This is Mark eleven thirteen. He came, if haply he might find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Jesus answered and said to it. Everybody said out loud, he spoke to it. He spoke to it. Do you ever speak to any it's? <laughs> we, we talked earlier in the week about how on another occasion Jesus spoke to a fever. He spoke to things most Christians today would not speak to. You know, that even a lot of people would say, uh, look, did you see them out there? Who are they talking to? <laughs> Is he talking to that tree? Does he really think he's talking to that tree? And they think something's wrong with you mentally. That you need treatment. You need help. Well, did Jesus need treatment? Did Jesus need help? Someone says, yeah, but that's Jesus. Yeah, but was he doing it as a man? Now, you, you need to get that settled. Don't just take my word for it. Put your nose in this book, in the textbook. Find out if this is true or not. Jesus did this showing us how to do it. He did it as an example for us. And you're going to see this so clear in just a moment. It's right here in this passage. Jesus spoke to it. If Jesus spoke to it, you should speak to it. Hmm? If Jesus spoke to fevers, you should speak to fevers. When's the last time you did this, child of God? When's the last time you, if you had a fever, what'd you do? Most people, the first thing they think of is reach for the aspirin bottle, you know, <laughs> do this, do that. I'm not saying that you, you can't do that or shouldn't do that, but that shouldn't be the only thing you think about. The most powerful thing you have at your disposal is right under your nose. <laughs> it's your mouth and your heart. Hmm? Jesus spoke to fevers. Come on, say it out loud. Jesus, Jesus. Spoke, to trees. spoke to trees. He spoke to the wind and waves. He spoke to, he spoke to, fevers. He spoke to fevers. And so do I. And so do, I. do you? Amen. The, if you? If you want to live... A life of faith, if you want to walk by faith, you have to have the same spirit of faith that Jesus had and has. You, you're not going to do it better than him. <laughs> you're not going to find a better example. And he himself said, the disciple, uh, the servant is not above his master, but everyone 
that's fully developed or perfected will be like the master. That's what our call is. That's what it means to be a disciple of Christ is that you are in training with him to be like, to be what? To become like the master. And, and we know we don't have it all or understand it all, but you don't just sit back and say, oh, you're the master, you can do it, but I can't do anything. That's being lazy. That's giving up before you start. You, you need to, uh, you know, you, you come to class and you say, okay, master, show me again how you speak to that. And so you watch him. We watch him in Matthew. We watch him in Mark. We watch him in Luke and John. And you go, okay, I can do that. I can do that with his help. And so you, you endeavor to speak like he spoke. And if you come a little short and you fall down, you strike out. You don't quit. You don't quit. You're a disciple of the Lord. You get back up, brush yourself off and go, show me again, Master. Show me again exactly how did you, how did you do that? Okay, you believe that in your heart. And then you said it. You spoke to it. Said out loud, I'm his disciple. See, so we, we got faith school here. We're students, but you're not students of mine. We are all students of his. We are disciples of Christ. How did he do it? If you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know it was not uncommon. It was a regular thing that he, he spoke to, to bodies that were dead. <laughs> Is that right? Something many people would never do today. He spoke to wind and waves. Many people would never do that today. He spoke to fevers. He spoke to trees. Trees. And he said to it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And he said it out loud because his disciples heard it. Well, we got to stop being so bashful. And so timid and so ashamed of who we are and what we are and what we believe. We've got, if we're acting like Jesus, we've got nothing to be ashamed of. If people think that's weird and strange, they're the ones that's weird and strange. They need, how many people need to be like Jesus? Come on, what do you think? Everybody needs to be like Jesus. So he spoke and his disciples heard it. Within verse 20, verse 19 rather, when the even was come, he went out of the city and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So this happened in a short amount of time, maybe, maybe 24 hours, from speaking to seeing. Which comes first, seeing or speaking? Speaking or seeing? Remember we talked about this uh, with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. Didn't say salvation unto confession. Now you confess, and that's what brings about the salvation. Which happened here? The, the speaking or the seeing? It was the speaking first, and then the seeing. He said, Peter said, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said to them, Have Faith in God, or as other translations bring out, it says, have the faith of God, which agrees with our text, you having the same spirit of faith. He's telling them, and you'll see if you put Matthew 21 with this account, which is Matthew's account of the same thing, uh, you'll see he's telling them, 
you have faith like I have faith. They were marveling that he could speak to that tree and that tree would do what he told it to do. They were marveling at that. And he didn't, he did not stop when Peter said, Master, that tree you spoke to yesterday, look at that, look at that. And Jesus didn't look at them and say, yeah, now boys, I'm the head of the church. I can do that. I, I'm, I'm the son of God. But don't you try that because this is out of your league. He's saying the opposite of that. He's saying, I know you have the faith of God too. Read the next verse and see if this is not what he's saying. You have the faith of God. For verily I say to you that what? Whosoever. Who, who's whosoever? Any, any one of you and anybody else, any of us that shall say to this mountain, be removed, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. If you turn back to Matthew 21, like I was referring to, Matthew 21, 20, it said, when the disciples saw it, that the fig tree had withered away, they marveled and they said, how soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said to them, verily I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Did you see where the emphasis is here? It's on you. Can you see what he's telling them? When they're marveled, and they said, Lord, this is amazing. You just spoke to that thing hours ago. And it has already done what you told it to do. It's, it's spiritual. It's supernatural. This is too fast for natural. And they were marveling about it, what he had done. And he took it as an opportunity to teach them, you can do this. Oh, do you see this class? He's saying, you, he didn't just say you can do this. He's telling them, you do this. He's saying, you have the faith of God. You operate in the God kind of faith. Let me read it again. Verse 21, Jesus answered and said to them, verily I say to you, you, if you have faith and understood subject is still you, if you doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree. Let's just stop right there. Is he telling them they could have done that? Certainly he is. Now this is contrary to church tradition. This is, you know, people go, oh, no, 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 no. Now Jesus, he can do that. But not you. You just need to, you know, be quiet. Be a good little Christian. Well, who wants you to be quiet? We've already been over this one time. Who really wants you to be quiet and not speak any faith-filled words? It's not God. 
The Lord's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he told them then, you can do this, what's he telling us today? He never changes. He's no respecter of persons. He is, he's not telling them, I can do this up here, but now you stay down there where you are. You stay. No, he's saying, come on, come on up with me. I'm showing you how to do it. And if you'll have faith and not doubt, but believe that what you say comes to pass, you can not only do what I just did with this tree, but you see that mountain over there? <laughs> well, mountains bigger than trees. What's he saying? You can see even bigger things, even much greater, bigger things you can than what you just saw here with me. If you'll do like I do, you'll do what I just did. And what I just did was I just believed in my heart that what I was about to say would happen. And then I said it and I expected it to happen. And I believed that when I said it, something did happen in the realm you can't see. And then 24 hours later, we saw <laughs> that something did happen where you can't see that changed everything that you could see. And if you'll believe and do that, you can not only do what I just did, but if you speak to something big as that mountain, come on, look at it again, saints. If, if, you'll, if you'll say to this mountain, be removed. Now let's just stop right here. Is he praying? Is he talking about prayer? No, he's not. He didn't say, if you will pray to the Father and ask the Father to move the mountain, then if it's God's will, he might move it. And if not, we'll just, no. no. See, that's, that's where people get all messed up. He didn't say any of that. What did he say? If you will say to this mountain, that, that's just like he spoke to the tree. He spoke to it. This is not prayer. This is you or I or any disciple of his speaking to. Now, maybe it's not a physical mountain that's causing you problem, but we've all had mountains of issues in our life that we knew wasn't God's will, it's something that's harassing us and causing a problem. And many people, all they've known to do is beg God, beg God, beg God, please make it stop. Please make it go away. He didn't tell us to beg. Believing is not begging. Religion has made men and women beggars. Faith makes you a speaker. Faith makes you a ruler and a reigner. Come on, somebody say, I rule in life. By faith-filled words, I act like my master, and I decree, and I command, and good things happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's it again for class today. We'll see you again next time in Faith School.